author Erin McHugh is here to talk about her new book, Pickleball is Life, and give us her spin on our LGBTQ issues. Hi, Erin. Hello, Charlotte. Long time no see. Thanks so much for having me. Tell us about your new book, Pickleball is Life. I have written a book about pickleball because it seems to be the obsession of the country at the moment, the non-political obsession anyway. And uh, I picked it up a few years ago, and I'm a writer by trade, and I started to notice that all the things that were out there were self-published, and they were just about sort of rules and regulations and things like that. And so that wasn't satisfying to me. I wanted more, more, more is all I wanted. So I thought that I would write a book that was sort of half humor and half source book for all the people in the growing community of pickleball across the country. What was your inspiration for writing it? Well, here's the thing. I hurt my hand, and I had to wear a cast for 10 weeks, and I could not believe that I couldn't play pickleball all that time. Generally, I play once a day. Really happier if I can play twice a day. There have been a few times, Charlotte, where I play three times a day, but then I have to call the visiting nurse and have her pry me off the couch to make dinner, so that's too much. Uh, but I couldn't imagine not being out there for 10 weeks. So I wrote to my literary agent, which means I had one hand and then one finger on the other hand. And she's a pickleballer. And I said, listen, i got to be in this cast for 10 weeks. I think that I should write a book about pickleball. And I got this one-word reply from her, duh. So off I went, and I wrote the proposal. And, you know, uh, I was on time with this wave of pickleball. And uh, it was snapped up in a minute by uh, Harper, which is a new imprint at HarperCollins. And off I went. What do you hope to accomplish with this book? You know, it's funny. You know, I mean, you know, it's not a book about world peace. It's not even a literary novel. But what I hope to accomplish is um, a little simpler. I think when you start to play pickleball, you become a little bit of a missionary, Charlotte. You want everybody to be feeling the same joy that you're feeling. You want everybody to be out in the court and enjoying the outside and laughing because there's a lot of laughing. And so you tend to get all your friends and people you barely know to get out there with you and teach them what's what. So it's a nice feeling and it's sort of a great community feeling. I got an email, in fact, just from somebody this morning who I don't know well. He said, could you come join me and my friends and give us a little bit of coaching? Yes, of course. You know, and that's what we do. We play with people we know. We play with new people, but then we also, you know, try to get people started and send them on their way and everybody gets their own group. What would you like to accomplish with your work? You know, I've written a lot of books, and so I think everything has sort of a different thing you want to accomplish. It depends on the book. But I was thinking if, if there's some sort of theme running through all my books, I think it's inspiration. I like to inspire people. I'm a little bit of an organizer and a cheerleader. So... Whether I'm trying to inspire folks to uh, just gain more knowledge, like I've done with my early trivia books, or LGBT history, like I've done with The L Life and some of the other queer books I've done. I've done an American history book called Political Suicide, which tells sort of stories from the way past about crazy people in politics who have lost their jobs because they screwed up their own personal lives. I wrote a book called One Good Deed and did a good deed every day for a year. And now here I am in the pickleball movement and sort of just talking about that and spreading the word. So, you know, I like the sharing of it. 
I like hopefully thinking that I'll inspire somebody. The greatest moment is when somebody says, you got me to do this. You got me out there. You got me to do a good deed. Whatever it is. What would you like to see happen for our LGBTQ community in the uh, Biden-Harris administration, especially now that the midterms are uh, somewhat over? You know, I guess if you had talked to me last week, we would have had a whole different take on it. Next week could be different, too. Who knows? I think what I would like to see for the next couple of years, because as we all know, tomorrow you're going to turn on MSNBC and everything is, again, just a run-up to the next election, which is what life is like now. I think I'd like to see a return to what we had begun to think of as normalcy, uh, which 20 years ago, 30 years ago, would not be. But, you know, the freedom to marry and, and not worry every day about that being taken away from future generations or being taken away from the people who are married. Adoption and making it easier for qualified LGBTQ couples to adopt children. More LGBTQ representation in government, yay, more yearly. We have a, a lesbian governor here in Massachusetts. Just feeling safe on the streets from being harmed, to be able to go outside in the dark, to be able to walk and feel like you're safe, to be able to be in a red state and feel like everyone may be having just a modicum of hate for you. And just the pervasive hate that we're encountering every day, gay or straight, across the nation. With LGBTQ teens already four times more likely to attempt suicide than their heterosexual peers after facing bullying incidents, what advice would you have for these kids, especially in these challenging times? You know, it's so hard to address a huge problem like that, and you wish, as you do with so many things like this, that you could fix it person by person, you know, that you could be there. I have this thing in my life, and I think it's taken hold more as I've gotten older, that I try to have friends of all ages. I play pickleball with a man who's 92, and I teach some students at a school for girls who are financially challenged, who are, they're just entering their teens, their grades 5 to 8, and I teach them pickleball. And obviously, you know, I can't get into their personal lives. That's not my job. But, you know, you give them an outlet, and sometimes they talk to you. And you just think, you know, I hope that these kids can reach out and find friends who have had different experiences. So they, too, are finding, well, almost everybody's older than they are. But that they can find friends who aren't their parents, that they can talk to a little bit. And then, you know, if I feel that there's something in this, I can share that with somebody who is, you know, somebody at the school or somebody who could help. But, um, you know, their experiences, they haven't had, and they're both good and bad experiences. They haven't had them yet. And we've survived them, the good and the bad. And it just may help if they can somehow gently talk to us and see the other side. You know, as E.M. Forrester would say, only connect, only connect. How can people get information about uh, Pickleball is Life? Well, it's a bookstores everywhere, and I'm doing a little publicity. I was on CBS Saturday morning a few weeks ago, and more stuff coming. But if you want to pick up the sport, do it. If you've got a question, read the book. What other projects are you working on? You know, I'm not ready to say about another project, but I will say I really wouldn't mind staying in the world of pickleball for a while. I'm really loving it. 
I have this thing, I suppose everybody's the same, but I try to notice it. I love being somewhere where you look around and everybody is happy. It's like when you go to the movies or you're at a parade or something. And this is what Pickleball has brought me. There's so much uh, humor and so much fun and a lot of socializing. So I wouldn't mind staying here a minute in the pit world of Pickleball for another book. Is there a question you wish people would ask you? You know, it's funny because uh, what has come up during this, at this time of the publication of the book, which is called Pickleball is Life, is people keep saying to me, well, why? Why is Pickleball life? And I think, well, just because I'm a nut and I'm obsessed, Pickleball might be life to me, but not to everybody else. And so I started to think about it. Really, what the question is, is why isn't life more like Pickleball? Because Pickleball is really egalitarian. Everybody in the pool, everybody can play. It doesn't take all day. It just takes a little while. You meet great new people. You get outside. It's competitive, but it's kind. People are eager to, to help you out, and you can ask for help. And it's just plain fun. So why isn't pickleball more like life? Why isn't life more like pickleball? Do you have a favorite quote or mantra to get you through these difficult times? Again, what I said before made me think that really the key is only connect. You know, I have moved back. I lived in New York for over 40 years, um, but I grew up here in the south coast of Massachusetts, and I moved back. And, you know, my family's here, so I knew that'd be cool, and I like them. But then well, I got back here, and I got involved with running a large book club. I got involved in working at our sister school, which is the school of the girls' school that I mentioned before in New Bedford. And then I started playing cookball and meeting a lot of new friends, which I'm not sure if you're in your 60s, 70s, that you think that's going to happen, but it does. So, again, you know, just keep an open mind, only connect. Only connect is going to bring you so many new adventures, so much new joy. So, that's for me, just keep an open mind.